T.J. Watt is the defensive player of the year in the National Football League. That is excellent. That is richly deserved. And that will be discussed later in the show. But I made you a promise yesterday that I'd receive and share some of your thoughts on Dwayne Haskins and that's how we're going to get going today. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Unlike the big session that we had regarding Mason Rudolph earlier in the week, the emotions were not nearly as high The responses were not nearly as voluminous. And it seems like, it feels like, you don't really have a strong sense one way or the other for what Haskins is. And you know what? That's probably the healthiest possible approach anyone could be taking to this young man's standing in the organization at the moment. As I enumerated yesterday, we're talking about a player who the public got to see for a quarter here or there over a couple of preseason games and then built up all this hype for the final preseason game only to see him fall flat. And that's it. That's the last thing we saw. Occasionally, a camera would catch him holding a clipboard on the sideline. And that was that. Now, those of us who see training camp and practices and so forth got to see more of him. But I'm talking here about public perception. What it is that people think about Haskins or Haskins versus Rudolph. And I'm going to give you a handful of samples from the notes that were sent back to me following yesterday's show. Ryan Lytle says, no real opinion on this, DK. I just don't have enough of a sample size of his play to make a sound judgment. I'll back whoever gets the nod and hope for the best. Jonathan Miller said, Haskins showed that he could be the guy for a short time in camp. He knew he wasn't going to start over Ben. In my opinion, his performance took a dive when his effort took a dive, and his effort took a dive once he felt like he'd showed enough to keep a job. Now Ben is gone. Expect more of an effort, but also expect the same level of immaturity. Scott Zuski says, Haskins, like Rudolph, had an opportunity to show me. One thing is certain, without shoring up the offensive line, no QB is going to have success. Yeah, that, that. I'll read one more. Hang on. William Huttenhauer says, I just want to see what he can do. He's still an unknown at the NFL level, in my humble opinion. That's pretty representative. Uh, Believe it or not, including... What you heard there from Jonathan taking shots at effort and immaturity, I have not seen, to counter that, by the way, any lack of effort from Haskins. I'm not going to judge him based on whatever he did with Washington. I cover the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm looking at him in Pittsburgh. I think that's fair. Everybody deserves some form of fresh starts when they go somewhere new. And I haven't seen that at all. I also haven't seen the immaturity that Jonathan describes. Again, maybe that was the case with 
the Washington whatevers, but it hasn't been in Pittsburgh. What I don't get a sense from with all of these comments collectively is what are the expectations? With Rudolph, those seem to be clearly defined. Rudolph is either headed to the Hall of Fame or he stinks. And I'm not sensing that when it comes to Haskins. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Here's a couple more of the Haskins comments. Jim says, I saw pretty much every game he played at Ohio State and most of his Washington games. There's something there, but it's buried beneath layers of checkdown instincts which need to be coached out of him if there's a chance. Neither he nor Rudolph is more than a one-year answer. Tim says, DK, I've seen nothing from either of these guys that inspires any level of confidence that they can be an NFL quarterback. I'm resigned to the fact that seven is gone, and it's unreasonable to expect a replication. Damn well better have an offensive line, though. Doc says, I'm not really sure about Haskins. Rudolph still intrigues me because of what he was able to do in that last Cleveland game. Luke says, I think of the quarterbacks that the Steelers currently have, if one of them is somebody who can be a franchise-type guy, it's Haskins. In that sense, I think it would be great if he seized the starting job leading into next season, but I'm not going to bet the farm on it. Brad says simply, I don't think either guy is a number one. This is where we are. There's not much nuance when it comes to discussing Haskins, whereas with Mason, there's, well, there's this thing that I don't like or this thing from whatever – And if you'll notice the pattern here for a lot of these responses, I'm saying this respectfully, okay? I I asked for your feedback. I'm not going to dump on it. But, you know, I I can talk about it. And one of the things that I notice is a lot of people reference the last thing they saw. When I was writing exclusively baseball years ago for the newspaper, I used to use a term last bad thing I saw syndrome. And that was the way that people measured the Pirates relief pitchers. Dude could have 12 straight scoreless appearances, but if he gives up one bomb that loses you the game in the ninth inning, he is mud for seven months. Do you know what I mean? Like all you think of is that he was that guy. That's human nature. Again, that's not a criticism. My own feeling about Haskins matches a lot of these. And that's, I haven't seen enough. I haven't seen enough. And because I've seen training camp and practices, I've seen more than most. I like a lot of what he brings, but I need to see that in game settings because part of his problems in his limited NFL action has been reading the defense. Well, you're not going to have a challenge in reading the defense in practice. You know exactly what those guys are doing. They're talking about it right in front of you. You don't even get that chance in exhibition games because, as any coach will tell you, they're sending out nothing but vanilla formations. 
They want to see how players execute plays. They're not worried whether or not the plays themselves work. And they definitely don't want to give up schemes on film before they've even played a game. So if the default position on Haskins is we just don't know, I'm okay with that. I really am. When we come back, just one question. And yes, and yes, T.J. Watt. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. And this law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them at lgkg.com. And today's J1Q, which isn't a question at all, comes from Beth Ruzanik, who just says, DK, it's about time. I am so happy for TJ Watt. Uh, It's hard not to be. This realistically should be his third consecutive Defensive Player of the Year award from the Associated Press. You can make all kinds of arguments for the gentleman who won it ahead of him those other two years. But when you're this consistent, when you're this dominant over this period of time, Beth, you can very rationally look back at all three of those years and say, listen, If I was giving out an award based on a three-year span, he'd get all three. Does that make sense? Just because of what he's been able to do. But then, to take it to the astronomical level that TJ just did in 2021, 22 and a half sacks tying the NFL record. 22 and a half sacks. He missed the equivalent of three-plus games in this schedule. He didn't have, other than Cam Hayward, any kind of interior defensive line support, meaning other threats to get in there and rush the passer. Alex Highsmith was okay at the other side, but he wasn't what Bud Dupree was the year before. On top of all that, he had to concern himself a lot more with run defending, even on the interior, because of the miserable play of the inside linebackers. That's a lot, including the injuries, including the nagging, strained groin that I don't think ever really left him through the season. And to turn that into a DPOY... Are you kidding me? Here's the 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 audio of the ceremony last night as it played out on the NFL Honor Show on ABC. And the 2021 AP Defensive Player of the Year is TJ. Wow. Uh, 
I just want to thank my parents, mom, dad. This is insane. Um, my brothers, Derek and JJ, uh, you guys have just pushed me so much um, to be able to get me to this point. My beautiful fiance, Danny, uh, for being my number one supporter. Uh, my teammates and coaches back home in Pittsburgh, this truly is not possible without you guys. Uh, there's so many guys um, that put in so much work that goes unnoticed, and that's everything from the guys in the cafeteria to the guys that are taping ankles. And um, this one's for all you guys. And I grew up coming to this award show. I think I've been five or six times. Never came home with hardware, but every time I, I left, more motivated than the time I got here. And I promise this only motivates me more. So thank you. Now, what you can't see from listening to that is the bear hug he got on stage from J.J. Watt, who not coincidentally was the presenter and, you know, obviously kind of gave it away to an extent. Imagine J.J. being the one up there who opens up the envelope and sees some other name. You know, they were going to risk something like that. This is a great story on a lot of fronts, not least of which is going back to Wisconsin when T.J. was switched from offense to defense felt it suited his personality better in addition to his skill set. It's a tremendous draft pick for the Steelers. I know we all love getting into minutia and this and that and so-and-so was a bust and yeah, what about Jarvis Jones? You're not going to find in NFL history a lot of draft picks that are going to look this good. The management team saw a raw talent who was fairly new to his side of the football, never mind the position, and believed they could mold him or help mold him into an elite player. And here he is. Can't say enough good things, whether it's on the field, how he conducts himself off the field, about T.J. Watt. Already, already one of the truly great players in the history of Pittsburgh football. I appreciate you sending that, Beth. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And I feel like I should say that I appreciate more than anything over the past week hearing back from so many of you. I really enjoy that. Anybody who's followed my writing over the years knows that I'm really into the interaction thing. Podcasts can be challenging in that regard, but we'll work to overcome it together. I appreciate it. Let's do this again on Monday.